Welcome to the XY Advisor Podcast, a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice. To get involved, go to xyadvisor.com or simply download the XY Advisor app. First Centier Investors are a global asset management group managing $247.3 billion of assets as of the 30th September 2021. They have 17 independent teams operating across equities, fixed income, listed and direct infrastructure and multi-asset, led by principles of responsible investment and stewardship. They are home to FSSA Investment Managers, an Asian and global emerging markets equities investor. Stuart Investors, a pioneer in emerging market equities and sustainable investing, and Real Index Investments, a systematic equities manager. Welcome back to the XY Advisor Podcast. I'm Fraser Jack, and today I'm joined by Siobhan McTiernan. I hope I got that right. You did get that right. Nailed it. Ah, oh, fantastic. I did, I did practice it, to be fair. Uh, now, you are the Relationship Manager at Pivot Wealth with, uh, with Ben Nash. Yes, I am. Still am. So, uh, <laughs> I would say that Ben uh, and me, I think it was like, let's just take a little bit of a punt and um, see what happens and this is what I need you to do. And it's working. It's still working. Yeah, so, um, yeah it is going really well. Now, what does the relationship manager, I mean, we'll get into that probably in more detail a bit later, but generally, what does the relationship manager do at Pivot Well? Oh, look, build relationships. Uh, no, in all seriousness, um, fundamentally, it was uh, the intent of the role was really to remove Ben off of that, um, you know, that initial process with prospects and when clients are inquiring and coming in um, and to, and really for um, as the business is growing um, and we're in a position where we're fortunate the business is growing really rapidly, um, he can focus a little bit more on the business and, and on other aspects of the business and other opportunities. So uh, the key part, it started off really as a, as a bit of a foundational get in, having those initial conversations with prospects and um, converting those individuals into all couples into clients. Um, so that was the, um, I would say, I would describe that as like the immediate need. Uh, and then it slowly started to build out with me creating more uh, opportunities that um, might be available within the business to build better relationships with our clients. And, um, you know, I think as many, and as many of the listeners here would know, advice is a funny thing. You get in, you'll do a whole bunch of work. You'll have, yeah, your various check-ins, but, um, the other side of the uh, of the coin is the client who wants the feels, and uh, they've you know they 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 have they paid a, a lot of money to um, an individual or a business, and how can we create more feels and and empower them and give them a little bit more confidence when it comes to their money? So. Um, we're, we're we're still on a journey as far as that and how that um, how that looks, but um, we're getting there. Yeah, this is a really interesting story because a lot of the um, uh, we'll get, and we'll get into a bit more of this, but a lot of the concept around uh, an advisor is they are spending a lot of time, uh, you know, in that technical that high technical zone. Then they're spending you know advice delivery zone, and um, and then they've got to spend some time in the as you mentioned it creating fields. Um, so they're sort of mixing between those different things. So if if you can if you can do that like what Ben's doing with you, then maybe uh, advice is more scalable. So. 
let's get into that. But tell us about, uh, let's go back in time. Tell us about your journey. What uh, what, what were you doing before you were, because this is a fairly new thing to you, but uh, what were you doing before you decided to get into financial advice? What was your journey? <laughs> Uh, my background is uh, I started off really in marketing and um, I kind of quickly ended up in roles that, yes, they were marketing roles, but a key part of them was I'd probably they would probably be technically described as acquisition marketing, otherwise known as sales. Um, so the, 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 I, I was more like the, the softer sell, um, you know, getting in there, creating awareness, driving people to that point of conversion and then um, either someone else kind of injecting themselves into that process or hoping that they would convert as a result of all the work um, that um, me, my team, the wider team have been doing. Um, so I uh, I worked had a, a broad background in education. So I worked at um, Casio Education, which is a really sexy product calculators. Um, so I worked a lot with maths teachers all over Australia. Then I um, went on to the Australian Catholic University, worked for um, a university in student recruitment, which would fundamentally be the sales arm of their marketing team. Um, and then after that, I just decided that I wanted to um, just, I guess, ch- like get a little bit more different experience, and I and I wanted the, an opportunity to take on more of a um, business management type role and um, running businesses and or working really closely with founders. So I actually caught myself in into a series of. Um, working with founder businesses, I um, took on a role as a producer with a couple of friends that started a, a creative agency called Cello. They're incredibly successful today. Um, <clears throat> I then went on to work for a digital agency and managed the Australian arm of a business, again, working directly with the founder Um they're called Lighthouse 8, so leading their Australian business, looking after leading clients locally here in Australia. We'd, we had offices in Singapore and Norway and London as well. And so whilst it seems uh, like really curious for me to end up um, in a financial services firm, I think for me it was really natural to work for a founder um, and working with Ben. And I I, um, I really just – I think that I found that that's probably my sweet spot is working with a founder, um, you know, the, like working alongside the person who's probably crazy enough to take all the risk and, um, and you know, throw a heap of mud at the wall and see what sticks. And I kind of come in and go, I like this. I like what you've done here and I think that I can help excel. And, um, yeah, I found that that's probably my – personally my sweet spot for now anyway. Yeah. That, well, who would have thought that all that uh, history then led towards this, you know, this position now, which in a way it does involve education in, in a lot of sense, because, you know, I think that there's a lot of time we spend educating our clients, uh, working with business clients and, and founders and businesses. And, um, and you found uh, your, your particular brand of crazy. <laughs> Exactly right. It's it's more like a second tier of crazy. Not crazy enough, but still a little bit crazy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, I think um, it's you know it's fantastic to have you along and to talk about how you then bring what you have had in your in your background into a, an advice business. Obviously, not coming in as an advisor or, or a practice, you know, or, or you know through those traditional avenues that a lot of people come in as a you know as a power planner or client services or all these types of things. You've just sort of come in from the sideline going, well, this is pretty cool. I can live in this business and do this stuff. Tell us about what uh, what it was like coming into a business and not having that traditional background that everybody else walks in with. I uh, Yeah, I, and I don't know if we, we spoke about this earlier, but um, I've actually been a client of Ben's for um, around three, three and a half years. So I, I, I came into it 
as a client and understanding the client experience, understanding the impact of advice, what, um, what you know, um, the joy of advice really, like what uh, what happens when you do take that leap, decide to get financial um, advice, go through the planning process and I'm out the other side and I was just a huge advocate of, um, of the work and in particular I like the way that Pivot Wealth um, positioned the business. I really liked the, the no agenda aspect. I do think that um, advice, and you know, obviously um, a few years ago it was obviously there's been a lot of um, interesting firms out there and I've got friends that have worked for those firms. So uh, I loved what Pivot Wealth had, um, you know, Pivot Wealth had to offer and I was a huge advocate for it. So coming into it, not having the advice side of the business and talking to prospects, it was almost, it was natural and I probably found it really easy and it probably helps in some respects. Like I know a really big challenge um, and Ben will say this and randomly I ended up um, in my my mother's group, there's another financial advisor and she was asking me about it. She's like, it's really hard to have meetings with clients and almost like not give away you know, the keys to the kingdom. And I can't give, I physically cannot, I cannot, I don't have that knowledge to give away the keys to any kingdom. I probably, you know, you might end up in a, in a shack house if you follow my advice. Um, so it was, it was, I could easily feed into how this process is going to make you feel, where this will, you know, we, we don't know where you'll end up, but I what I can say is you'll be feeling a little bit more confident, a little bit more sure of where you are than than the position that you're in now. And take it from me because I've been there and I've done that. This is a really good way for you to say to somebody, I've been there, I've done that. I really like the way you say the impact and the joy of advice. We get so carried away with the value of advice in, in those terms. But I think uh, understanding it as the, I went through this, this is the, this is the way I felt about it. This is the way you can feel about it well before you're having any conversation around what the actual advice or the value of that advice is going to be. Oh, completely. There's the, there's, and I always say this to the beginning, anyone I speak to, I was like, undoubtedly there's the financial benefits. Can I quantify that for you? No. Then there's undoubtedly the non-financial benefits. And I think you'll get out the other side and it's a journey and you will, you'll love the financial benefits no doubt, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, but what you'll really come to appreciate, in my opinion, is the non-financial benefits out the other side, which suddenly has you, um, you know, as, as you know, the, the average individual, the average couple who's, who you just don't want to have to think about it and know that everything's kind of taking, taken under control. It's a key, like I think you could you can kind of look at any, you could speak to any therapist, you could speak to anyone um you know, finance is like a, it can be a source of stress if you can, if you can at the very least um, eliminate that in your life. And if that does involve going down the planning process, it's probably, I think that's, that's the lens that I come at it from is the, um, just do this and just like, you don't have to worry because right now, and that's the, that's the key thing, right? Is when people come in and they speak to you, they've got a whole list of what they want to achieve and, at the end of the day, their frustration is probably not being able to achieve that or not knowing how to get there or not knowing if they can get there. What is that? That's, you know, ultimately financial stress to some degree. You might not think people often think of financial stress as like, I have no money, but it's just the, the fact that you have to think about it or it's keeping you up at night. And that, you know, it, it can come from like having no money. It can come from having a lot and not knowing what to do and not, you know, not – not, not knowing if you're maximizing the potential that's available to you. So, um, 
yeah, it's interesting. I would say that my conversations with people are more, um, how's this going to make you feel and what that outcome, what's that ultimately going to mean for you? What's it going to mean for your family? What's that going to mean for your future outcomes? Have a think about that. And, um, you know, maybe we could highly at a high level speak about the financials, but I don't know that that really matters. Yeah. It's um, interesting that you can separate that at the very early on process and say, look, you know, stress, anxiety, frustration, these are all emotions that people come in with. Um, and I see them, see those emotions change to confidence and um, all these types of things. And and then worry about the financials. And then I guess that's the financial, that's the advisor's job to worry about the financial part, side of it. And you're just there to focus to make sure that they are noticing that they were feeling one way at the beginning and then noticing, consciously noticing that they were feeling a different way after the process. Is that, is that some of that? Absolutely. We, we now um, do check-ins. Like I, I, I come back in and I check in with every client after they've gone through the implementation process. And again, I'm not really, I, I, I don't know their SOA. Of course, they've communicated with me at the beginning what they were hoping to get out of the fun, uh, out of the planning process. I don't really check, I don't really want to, I don't really want to know their personal financial details. Um, I just want to get in, I want to get in over the other side. Let's have a chat about the process. How's that landed for you? How's that making you feel? And then how can we maximize this relationship? At the end of the day, you've committed to um, working with us. So um, I want to make sure that you know that you can lean on us if you think things are going to change or if think that if you think things are, cha- are going to change. This is have these discussions with us. Let us, again, it comes back to that, um, it being a stressor, like, reduce that reduce that element of stress out of your life and utilize us and maximize maximize the relationship that you have with us and we always we're, yeah. we're flexible we always want to help of course and and I, I think I think wanting to help is the is one of the cause of every financial advisor I know they, they want to help that's what that's what got them into into this what do you think that saves say a Ben or an advisor that it works in your office in time for you to do that, all that pre um, that emotional support work and then that work after as well. What, what sort of a time factor does that save out of their life? Oh my gosh. If I have to think about the year that it's, that's been, Oh, it, it's um, like it, it, I, what I can say is Ben or, it, you know, even if the, an advisor was doing this, you physically, it's like a two and a half. Like I know for a fact, some of the some of the months that we've had, um, you're taking on the workload of um, like a one point five like person workload. Like the sheer volume of conversations and meetings and discussions and um, and you know you have those conversations with people where it's pretty cut dry. It's like you know yes no the you know practicalities, but broadly speaking, it's it's a bit of a, more of an emotional and there's something else that's under there. And um, if I had to. Qu- like as in, what I can say is Ben physically would not have been able to have done done that done the job. Like as in, just the time, the sheer volume of time. So it's it's freed up and you know it's freed up a whole person of times plus yeah. um, job at his end. And I'm also thinking that you know if an advisor is really busy, then this could be the this could be the part of the process that because it's a non-compliant part or it's there's no regime like it's 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 the part that makes the client feel amazing but it's the part that is there's nobody sitting over the top like a compliance officer saying you have to make sure you do this so it's probably the part that gets dropped first when an advisor hits capacity which is a key thing that we you know we discuss and it's a key thing that I say to um and I have to I have to admit this is it's a super rare um 
a super rare situation where um, the client wants or the prospect rather wants to speak to an advisor. It's very rare. Um, but my, if they do ask, it's because I don't know that they need to be involved in this conversation. I would rather that if you came on board as a client, they have all the capacity in the world to strategize and deliver really good outcomes for you. Them taking time out of their day to have this to have this discussion or focus on business development um, isn't going to help any of our clients, any of our existing clients, and it's not going to help you as a client because you know that your time's being sucked out uh, with them, you know, kind of talking about cadences and timings and what's going to happen next. Yeah, incredible. And so when you mentioned business development, do you see yourself as a business development manager in the inside the business? Yeah, that, yeah the role? absolutely. So, yeah, d- uh, without a doubt, there's definitely – it certainly, you know, s- started off that way. I think it's slowly expanding into lots of different arms. And, um, and I suppose, again, that comes back to my experience and what I've done as far as like working with founders and um, leading businesses where Ben can pull me into larger projects uh, as well. But um, – uh, but yeah, there's there's undoubtedly that that business development, and then a key, you know, there's that key aspect of of me um, figuring out how we can, you know, the, fundamentally be, becoming a business development role, and then as a business we can scale because we can put someone else in. There's a system, there's a process. Um, it's just you know finding the right person to be able to take that that on, and then we can continue to grow. Yeah, brilliant. I only, only only say it like that, uh, not as a not as a bad thing or a good thing. It's just that it's relatable in our obviously within our profession because we know what uh, BDMs are in, inside our profession, and we can understand the concept of oh, this actually works for these product providers. Why could it not work for a financial advice business? Just absolutely. because nobody else has really done it before doesn't mean it can't work. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now tell us about what that means. So um, if I'm a, a a new client coming in to pivot, what does that mean for me? Like, do, do, uh, are you my first? Uh, point of contact. How does it work? Yeah, so I, I would actually say, and we we talk about this a lot as far as like, you know, when you think about attribution, uh, to, you know, to to that conversion point to a client, um, Ben and our team do a lot of work at the front end, um, creating a lot of resources and content, and we, you know, in short, we just put the, the information out there so people can educate themselves. So we find that they generally are following us for a little while, and then. Uh, then they'll have you know be presented with multiple opportunities to. Can I just sorry before we get to the booking part, tell us a, a bit more about that content because I know there's podcast and there's there's uh, you know there's downloadable books, uh, Ben's book, etc. Tell us about what that that content structure is and 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 obviously there's Ben in the media as well and there's and there's bits and pieces, there's videos all over your website. Tell us about a little bit more about that. Oh, that's an excellent question. There's so much that happens that I'm going to be honest, not even I can keep up at the best of times, um, but. Uh, like right down to last week, Ben's like, what are you doing? Can you come down and meet me down at the studios? I'm on, I'm on the TV. <laughs> um, but so it's good. You know, there's obviously a lot of good stuff that's, um, that's happening at our end. Uh, but, um, uh, key drivers, um, for us would certain, would undoubtedly be, uh, we do various, um, webinars with, um, they're broadly promoted. We have a relationship with, um, General Assembly. We also partner with a bunch of other um, businesses such as Self Wealth and Raise as well um, to deliver content to um, you know the public and also their followers. Um, we also do um, now. Um, you put me on the spot. I'm going to have to think about all these things. Yes, we do a lot of media. Um, ben has his book, and 
then as a result, a lot of people end up on our mailing list. So we have a regular um, newsletter that goes out just weekly um, into their inboxes. That that content is really what's happening in the world, weekly wrap-up of, of the markets. And um, and then we do, we have the podcast, of course, and, uh, you know, client interviews that we'll share or just some general interest um, things that we'll share on there as well. And then uh, we also write for news as well. So um, we get a lot of press that way. So people will stumble across us and then we, you know, there we have social media efforts and, um, uh, and uh, you know, we do, do some work as well with SEO. So when people are searching for financial advisors, we're fortunate enough to, to pop up. So we find that, and I can almost attest to this to being even a, a part of my journey, that we've got that also um, a heavy word of mouth, a referral through our existing client base as well. Um, and I found out about Ben through um, through, an, uh, through a friend as well. That's how people, will, uh, broadly speaking, will stumble across us in the first instance. And then uh, we'll find, again, broadly speaking, and you, you, we have these conversations. By the time I have a chat to them, they'll be like, oh, I've been looking at your website for about a year. I've turned up to a few events. I've listened to your podcast. I've seen that you've got a book. And and now I'm, I'm in a position where I think that, you know, I thought I should make a call. And so when they may, when they book in and have a call um, with us, they will um, have a chat with myself. And then on that call, I just want to hear a little bit more about them and understand if, first, like primarily as well, understand if there's a fit there. We're really, you know, open and honest. If we're not going to force anyone in, down the path of financial advice, if there's not a fit there, um, so I want to understand a little bit more about what are they trying to, like, what's happening. Often there's a, a catalyst um, for the conversation. What is a really good outcome? Like, what is what is success? What are you trying to achieve? And because, um, as every good advisor would know, they you know we, they want the they would love the client to have goals, clear goals, ideally specific goals. Um, but I know that not many clients have very specific goals. Very very few do anyway. When they walk in, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And then um, and then I'll just understand if there's any challenges um, at their end that they're struggling to overcome. Uh, and then I'll walk them through what next steps would would look like, and that next steps would be another session with myself. We would then do that over Zoom, and we'll have an extension of that conversation. Like, what does a good outcome look like? What's stopping you from getting there? We walk through our our philosophies and principles. So these are the things that we hold up to all of our clients and say, this is how we work. This is how any good advisor would work. So this shouldn't be. You know, this isn't. Whilst this information is um, the way in which it's presented is exclusive to Pivot Wealth, the overall message um, isn't, or the, the philosophies and, pr- and principles shouldn't be exclusive to Pivot Wealth. And then I'll just walk them through the practicalities of um, the advice process, timings, cadences, what happens next. That call, yeah, we t- that usually takes. Oh, to be honest, it usually takes about an hour if it's if it's concise. It'll be forty five minutes, and um, we do charge for that session. Um, we uh, will charge normally around one hundred ninety five dollars for that session, but that is a full donation that goes to a charity we support called B One G One. Um, so that's a that charity is called Business for Good, and they essentially 
I'm trying to think of the best way to describe um, B1, G1, but it lets you essentially embed giving into your business activities so um, you can create impact through the work that you do within your business. So um, providing clean water um, across countries um, in Asia and we also fund a project in Malawi where essentially they're giving um, business advice, financial business advice to to women in, in Malawi as well. So um, there's a variety of projects that we would look after where those funds would go to. And the concept there is that businesses look at donating 1% of their income as a charitable gift to the to the charity. Exactly right. So that's an internal goal that we have. Um, we don't, uh, we, I mean, I appreciate I'm talking about it now, but it's not something that we like overly, um, overly talk about. Um, we have just found it's a really good way for us to help meet those targets when, when clients come on board as well. Um, I'll talk about it um, if clients ask a little bit more. Um, and, yeah, we'll also um, make a donation if clients uh, you know, celebrate their big wins. So buy houses, have babies, um, things like that. Yep, exactly. Now that that also promotes in the client's head uh, that you charge fees for the, your time and, you know, if they don't want to pay that 195 and they also know it's going to charity, but it gives, it gives it starts that relationship off on a charging or fee basis. Absolutely. And it's also, uh, I've got to be honest, I, I think, you know, when Ben shared with me, that was the process. I think even in, in like a traditional sales um, uh, concept. And I think, like, I suppose agencies do this as well, like charge for you, to, you know, charge for the pitch because you are using a lot of resources and time and you might not you know, win the work out the other side, um, even though they are profiting from that though. So it's a slightly different model. Um, but yeah, we found that it, the type of clients where it's, it creates a positive sentiment at their end are the type of clients we want to work with. At the end of the day, this is a, it's a personal business. I think sometimes clients will come in and like they're the boss of you now and I'm like no 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 that's not how we work this is a partnership and um you know we want to create a little bit of an even even playing field so we do find that um this sentiment and it's I can honestly say I think I've had two people and I've spoken to hundreds of people this year um that have that have you know had a bit of a negative sentiment about about that I'm like that's fine I'm not sure that whether we're the fit for you so best of luck perfect and was this was this the process when you came through as a client no, I, I met with Ben quite early on. Um, uh, I would say that this process, not like even this whole process, is, isn't really the the actual planning process has always been the same. Um, uh, Ben's been, you know, been um, pretty solid with that. But no, this was a a COVID uh, thing last year. Ben started this, so I've just, you know, we've just kept it going this year. So no, it wasn't not when I back when it was just, it was just Ben and, and Yang when I joined. Yep. I didn't yeah, know who enough. was behind the scenes. <laughs> didn't know how to work. So, so, uh, so you've had a, you've had a quick call with them. You've jumped on a, a Zoom for an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the next step after that? Make a decision. Um, from there, really, I, I hope that I've I've given you enough um, information. Sometimes they'll say yes um, on the spot. Sometimes, yeah, you know, often they'll of course want to take some time, think about it. Um, I always offer another call um, afterwards and sometimes Ben and I will, will jump on a call um, with them afterwards. But I'm really upfront and frank in the fact that no one, like if you're trying to, if you're trying to understand what the outcome is going to be, it would be absolutely reckless that for us to kind of, uh, you know, broadly tell you what, what, what 
we think you'll you'll get out of this the financial the financial outcome yeah exactly sorry yes the yeah to be clear the financial outcome if they're like oh if I you know if I spend X am I going to get Y uh, it would be it would be grossly irresponsible for me to um you know give you an idea as to what that's going to be because I don't know and and again I can tie it all back into the conversation that I've just had I, we don't you don't know what a good outcome looks like for you we've just had this discussion you've explicitly said to me that there's a variety of different you know things that you're you're looking to do and you're not sure which one's the best way so it would be reckless for me to go oh I think you know maybe that way would be the best way and it's going to mean x like yeah um and they get yep. that which is which is good yeah, forecast, forecasting is an interesting thing, isn't it? When it comes to uh, yeah, we, we nobody knows what the future holds. I, m- I remember listening to it. Went to a conference once, and the and the guy stood up and said, uh, "You don't know what a good financial plan is. Uh, the client doesn't know what a good financial plan is. The market determines what was a good financial plan after the the, the fact. But uh, you know, so when it comes to the numbers, nobody actually knows what it's going to be. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so I was going to say, so then then the decision really is around: Do you want to go from you know uh, you know emotionally and un- unknowing uh, anxious, all these types of things that we've just covered to a, to a place of this, this, and this, because we know that's what happens with all of our other clients. And so that's the decision they make, I guess, for the fees you charge. Exactly right. That's almost the conversation that, you know, w- w- would happen where it's like, you've, ex- you've, you've said that you wanted to, to feel this way, be confident about this, know that you're in this position, the ball's in your court. We will, we can give you clarity on that. Um, and if, if all of that's, you know, feasible and what that outcome would look like, the ball's in your court. Yeah. And I noticed one of the things on your website is, th- is something like the, the average Australian saves 4.7% of their income. Uh, our clients save 35.2. So th- those are the types of things that you're able to say, I guess that's more of a marketing. That like some of the specifics, no, we're, we're, um, yeah, no, we can, we can absolutely say that. And we have, I actually had that conversation with, with again, a client who's just finished her plan and well, her and her husband have finished their plan and implemented. And she was like, oh my gosh, we've saved so much money since we last spoke. We've accelerated our plans. We've gone and done this. And I'm like, oh, it's not that our work here is done, but like, you know, the foundational work tick, like that's at the very least, like that's, um, yeah, which is amazing. Like that's, yeah. those are the stories that we obviously love to hear. But um, we're really big on um, the foundational aspect as well of, of uh, which I think is, I'm not sure. Do you know what? I, I actually have no idea. I'm not sure if this is overlooked by other by other advice firms, but we're we're huge on your banking and saving structure, not having to think about it, creating a lifestyle baseline because we we are fortunate enough to work with, um, broadly speaking, a younger client base. Um, we're like, yeah, cool. We're, let's like let's maintain like, yep. You want to keep your holidays in there? No problem. You want to keep your dinners out? That's all good. We're not we're not here to talk about um, major sacrificing. Maybe maybe we are, but broadly speaking, we're not trying to like put you on a budget. What I want to understand is what's your lifestyle baseline? Let's map that out. How can we how can we create some rigid savings around that where you're not thinking about it? And then let's the the key thing here is coming up with a strategy. And that's that saving surplus is key to continually driving the strategy and continually driving, as you would know, driving those Absolutely. outcomes. I love I love the words you use, lifestyle baseline. Um, I, I like things like spending plans rather than savings, you know, like the whole idea of understanding what, you know, focus on the spending part, just spend that amount totally. uh, rather than budgeting. I think that's what some people think they're going to get in and they're going to be like, oh, you can't go to America this year. Like, no, go, still go. Go to the US, have your holiday. Yep. Um, let's just plan around that. Yep. 
Perfect. Now, uh, obviously, they, they make a decision, the, the call to action, the decision-making, then they then what happens if somebody decides then has to make a decision? I guess the decision should be yes or no, not just no decision. Yeah, so they'll make a yeah, clear decision if they are or aren't going to move forward. And then um, I do a really quick intro Zoom call. Um, the key with with their advisor and, um, and the advisor's associate as well, and the intent of that call, and I'm really upfront and saying uh, our process is really hands-on, high-touch. You're going to be spending a lot of time either in a room or over Zoom with these individuals. It's just important that you meet and, um, you know, let's just start building rapport. And then, of course, we'll get all of the admin out of the way. Let's get the formal meetings in. Uh, let's get you across the admin, give you some deadlines, and uh, but be confident that once you've done the little bit of homework that we need you to do, you don't have to think too much after that. Just turn up to the meetings and give us the yes, no, maybe, whys, and um, we can start delivering for you. So with those meetings, do you do you, you don't, don't book in one the next meeting? You're booking in – the whole case. Several meetings? Yeah. Yep. So how many, how many, approximately how many meetings is that? Three meetings we have. The best way I would describe them would be um, the first meeting would just be there, um, what we call the clarify meeting. It's like a workshop. Let's get together, let's brainstorm. What is a good outcome? You've got some ideas. We've we know we know everything that's going on at your end. So um, let's share those, let's share our ideas with you. Um, then the meeting following that is the findings of the workshop. So this is what we chatted about and we've laid it out into, let's say, four options. Here's option one, two, three, four. Uh, and it's, you know, the numbers around what those workshop plans um uh, the, sorry, the numbers are clear then on those workshopped plans. And, okay, I love option two, but there's an element of option three that I think we could really push ourselves. Let's workshop that great let's go through the details and then by the time they get to the end of that meeting then um they're then that you know they've got a pretty rough idea as to what their plans they've got a pretty sorry they've got a pretty clear idea as to what their plan's going to be and then after that um let's put it all together we walk go away put it all together in an soa and present that to them wonderful i love the way you call them um workshops not just meetings (laughs) they kind of yeah because they're really hands-on they're really um you know, let's all, let's just, let's have a workshop. Let's like talk about what, and that kind of language I think uh, is a little bit more relatable to well, certainly our clients, but, I th- you know, when you're, you're largely speaking, talking to, you know, a, a bunch of professionals, everyone's been forced into a workshop at some point or another. <laughs> some type of design thinking, something, something. It also, um, it, also, it also puts everybody in the same seat, I guess. Like everyone's got work to do. It's not just about I'm here to listen and sit and do nothing. Yeah, no, exactly right. We want you to kind of to come to the table with your ideas. Let's workshop those. We want to. You've got, and you know, more often than not, they've got some pretty clear ideas. They've got some some goals around what they want to do. Um, so let's let's talk about that. But what we're we're uh, and that process really is removing them a little bit away from. There's the tactical, like right, buying a property, investing, blah blah blah. Um, what we're trying to workshop with them as well in that session is be, is to move beyond the tactics and let's focus in on the goals. What is a, what is what is that long term? What does that look like for you guys? Let's understand what maintaining that lifestyle baseline looks like for you, um, for you or, or or both of you, all of you. But the key thing that we're trying to drive out of that is the bigger picture 
Um, yep. Yeah, the tactics are the tactics, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, fantastic. So we've got uh, we've got uh, you, the decision making. We've got a Zoom quick Zoom call with you, um, essentially getting a yes or no, uh, and then the the quick introduction and booking into the the three more meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of know uh, what discovery meetings, strategy meetings, and advice meetings are. Um, so we'll 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 skip over that. But then tell us what happens after that. Um, obviously, things went in place, and you mentioned that you're you're then you jump into to the relationship part again. Talk us through that. Yeah, we wait until they've um, completely executed and implemented on their initial plan uh, and uh, all clients that sign up with us now are working with us in, in a long term, at the very least a 12-month relationship. And then um, I will, once they've implemented um, their plan, I'll catch up with them out the other side and make sure that they know how to we just don't want them to be in a position where they're coming to us after the fact or um, not flagging stuff with us earlier or not taking action. And you do, you have those conversations with people. They're like, oh, I transferred, you know, my money here and I I don't really know what happens next. And I'm like, that's okay. Let's action that for you. Um, And then also having a discussion with them about how they can maximise their relationship and, of course, getting some feedback um, on the process and how they're finding um, working with us. Uh, as well, I think that that's in, that's important for any business, any yeah, anyone in business, right? Is to just get that feedback. I want to hear it. I want to hear everything. Yeah, when you say maximizing the relationship, um, what sort of things are you talking about? Just and like for them to be dipping into their podcast or getting the reading the newsletter or or, or, or touching base when this happens or what's the what's the idea? Celebrating the wins or you know all those sorts of things. It's things like. Um, and and I I can probably I can talk to this firsthand. Uh, once you once we've like let's say set up a, a, a brand new banking and savings structure, there's a bit of teething that happens at their end, and um, you know it, it's it's lean on us and let us just get in there and we can have a quick discussion. It doesn't necessarily have to be the advisor. It could be someone in our operations team. It could be someone, it could be an associate. And let's just have a conversation and quickly run you through it again. And, um, you know, I had a conversation with someone the other week who was like, oh, I'm, I'm overspending. Like, I know I've put that. I was like, that's okay. Like, we're, you, you've got to be teething with this. Let's arrange a call with, with one of the associates. We'll show you where to update it and we'll show you how to quickly um, make those changes. We don't want this to – we don't want you to feel like you're stretching yourself. That's that's the complete opposite of what the intent of this situation uh, – the intent of the planning process was. Uh, so um, it's, it's allowing them to lean on us, to know that the, the initial planning process isn't – over, lean back on us for everything from teething issues to to your you know your banking savings to if things are going to change or if you um you know we, we were planning for kids and we suddenly we're pregnant let's have that chat okay that's cool let's have a session about that and let's figure out what what next steps would look like so they know that they essentially so that they, they are confident that we're a trusted resource in their corner and we want to be having conversations before the fact, not after the fact as well. And um, not and making making sure that they feel empowered and confident to reach out to us and yeah, they know that that um, we're there and we're on their side. Yep. So when life does change, which it will, hmm. there's uh, there's certainly somebody that they can that they've had a good relationship with that they, they can easily pick up the phone or, or jump on because of exactly spoken right. to a lot. Yeah, exactly right. Fantastic. So the, so Obviously, this then is a fantastic time for you to ask for referrals or, or, or talk about how other people like you can work with. Is that part of your process? 
Exactly right. Yes, that was a key one. I forgot about. But yes, we. I, I will just say if you if there's anyone else that you've that you thought would benefit um, from this process, then um, I'm happy to offer up, and I'll offer up either um, a couple of free breakthrough sessions, those those Zoom calls, um, uh, a couple of those for free, or at the very least at a discount, um, like half the price. Um, which keep in mind, it obviously is still a. Um, uh, still a donation to charity. So, uh, yeah, I'll offer that um, at a discounted rate if they know anyone that would be would take advantage of, that, that would see the benefits of working with Pivot Wealth. Yeah, and not everybody wants to just introduce their friends in, but obviously after they've been through a good experience, that's a that's a pretty benefit, good time to have that conversation. What would you say the amount of people that then think about, oh, no, what about such and such we could introduce? You know, like are they then – just as you were a super referrer when you were a client, uh, <laughs> do you find that a lot of people d- dive onto that opportunity? I think you've got those people who are who just naturally are. I don't know if you've ever read. Um, I actually can't remember exactly which book it is, but it's a Malcolm Gladwell book, and there are like people that they, um, uh, you know, you've got your connectors and you've got your mavens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's just if you happen to go through, and I would probably I would describe myself as a connector. You happen to um, bring someone who's a connector through the process. I think that they're individuals who are most likely to just be a bit more proactive. And we, you know, we've got someone at the moment who I think is just um, completely trumping me as far as being a super referrer. Um, she's gone through the process with her and her partner, and she's just spread us like wildfire <laughs> to to, um, to her network. Um, I don't know if she's yeah blasted some some email out to everyone, but we've had a lot of people come through from um, from uh, just one person. Um, so I. Think Think that there's naturally those people who are, who are connectors who would who would do that, um, and then outside of that, yeah, then it's then it's more of I think if like you know you hit an age where you're at a party and suddenly finance finances form part of the discussion, then you know if, if we've got yep. the clients that are there, then they'll they'll share our details. Yeah, fantastic. And then there's easy options, and as we mentioned, because of the content production, you can just all oh, check out the content. It's an easier it's an easier referral. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's personalities, then there's great results that can that can be both referrers. Um, so in I, I think I think by the sound of it, you found your next BDM too. By the way, just saying, oh, if she's a super exactly referrer, exactly right. She's coming coming in as the next relationship person. Exactly right. So, you mentioned before that that's the benefit of putting the processes in place is it becomes scalable. So yeah, wonderful. What about uh, what about um, Google reviews and those sorts? Of, did you, do you do those? Yeah, we do do. Uh, yes, we do. And uh, I think we could be a little bit better um, at it. And I think that um, be probably not being as good at it is just um, a flat out a result of being incredibly busy. Uh, it's, 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 Ben's probably going to listen to this at some point. It's on the list. Honestly, it's on the list. <laughs> um, so. Just, just, just so Ben listens to all these episodes, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm panicking. <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's down there. So, what what are the plans you mentioned before? You know, putting things on the list. What what are the sort of things that you plan on on working on? Obviously, you know, everything's a work in progress. And and what what are the things that are on the short and long term list? Uh, well, we've had. Uh, I'm not sure if you've stumbled across it. We were in the AFR, um, but uh, we've won the contract to um, take care of advice for the NRL players and, and a relationship that we struck with 
struck with the RLPA. So we went through uh, a it was a tender process. I think there was around twenty. Oh, there was a lot. There was like maybe at least eighteen firms that went through. So we were we we were successful in um, winning that contract. So a, l- a large part of that is. Um, you know, my role is, you know, all of our other channels for business development. So certainly building better relationships with um, with the NRL clubs and um, working closely with them. And again, it's in the same way in which we deliver um, our content. Like the RLPA is taking care of it. It's just um, making sure that the players are aware that we're a resource. They're fortunate enough to have, you know, to be well-resourced through um, their various clubs and through the RLPA know that we're a resource to tap into. So um, there'll be a, little, a bit of work in the new year as far as building those relationships to um, drive more um, players to just have discussions with us and make sure that they're on the front foot. They, you know, a lot of a lot of those play a lot of those players are obviously are in really fortunate um, situations. Um, not all of them are, so it's maximizing what's available to them um, as well. So uh, that's a, that's a lot of work that we'll have coming up in the new year as well. Yeah, is that, is that um, just one-on-one or are you going to be doing like webinars and seminars and those both. going yeah, and talking both. to teams at a time? Exactly right. So a bit of both, um, talking to the teams and uh, it's it's obviously been a – oh, it hasn't been that tricky. It's, you know, those types of things with, when it comes to any relationship, I think sometimes people do lean on the um, – Oh, it'd be nice to just meet face to face. COVID's obviously been a bit of a killer when it comes to that, um, but so they've been still really responsive with doing a lot of stuff online um, with us. Um, but it'll be good. It will be. I think I, I, you know, I personally think it will be good once we can start um, meeting people face to face and certainly building rapport. Um, but no, yeah, it's certainly about yeah one um, broad content um, that they can that they're interested in. And then, uh, and then one-on-ones as well. Yep. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much, Siobhan, for coming on and telling us about your uh, BDM-style process, uh, in, which is very different in a lot of fun- for, for how a lot of financial advisors do it. But obviously, it's working very well for you. You're busier than ever and got a lot on. Uh, if somebody wanted to continue this conversation with you, what would be the best way for them to maybe try and reach out and make contact? Absolutely. Um, they can reach out to me via LinkedIn um, and uh, also just jump onto our, our website and just send through an inquiry at the bottom of the page there and I will get that. Yes, jump on the website, send an inquiry, end up in the sales funnel, understand, uh, <laughs> check out the newsletter. Um, but Siobhan is spelt the traditional Irish way. Yes, that's right. Yeah. S-I-O-B-H-A-N. Yep, that's right. Uh and uh, we look forward to oh, I hope you reach out in contact but thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey today no worries thank you for having me